Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Okay, welcome in listeners to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Thank you, where we're always talking everything college hoops all the time. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio for powering us up. Thanks for you guys out there and you girls out there for carving out some time. Could have been anywhere else on the dial, but you chose to be here with us, Mike and Gus. And we appreciate that. And guess what? We're going to be talking some NBA draft deadline announcements. Who's in? Who's back? Who's crossed the street? Who looked both ways? Mike, we got a big list of people to talk about here that's going to influence the game that we talk about and love. I love how college basketball is just continuing to become a year-round, every month, every day, news drop uh, sport, much like the NFL. This is fantastic. We talk about Christmas in March. We talk about Christmas in, you know, start of the season. And the draft is another little mini celebration. And this is a big night because this is the night we learn who's coming back, who's staying, who's going. Tyus Battle just told us he's staying. And, of course, we are sitting here and we are probably, Gus, potting as the news will drop whether the Martin brothers will return to Nevada. I mean, we could have timed this any better. I, I kind of can't believe that they're one of the last names on the board for this uh, very hard deadline. At I think it's at 12 12- midnight eastern standard time so they are really taking it down to the last uh, the, the literally the last hour uh so it's possible while we're recording this pod they might put their announcement out uh if they're back if one's back if one's gone or if they're both gone uh and the, you know they thank nevada for an unbelievable career there but i i think we have to talk about uh the list of guys that we have here this this list is enormous there there's some impactful uh dudes uh that that are returning that can really change the landscape of the sport that you know we're going to pay attention to during the off season and all next season and yeah i think out of all of these names and i was just taking a look at the list it's possible you could put together like an all-american team from the names that are returning it's incredible. And they, they do have to do something about this. We've talked about this ad nauseum. But yeah, yeah. It is kind of ridiculous. Uh, everyone is sitting here waiting to hear about the Martin brothers. It's all over Twitter. We've got the cookie monster watching the balls hit each other. I put one up of, of you and I from – what's the Eddie Murphy movie? It was Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. In, Going to uh, America. You're coming to America, right? OK. So we're all waiting here. And listen, they, they're gathering information. I get it. But there's something wrong when like 300 people declare and like 100 people are coming back. I get it. I hope the Martin brothers come back. I don't see any projections where they're going in the first round, maybe Hmm. the end of the first. But I don't think, Gus, and of course there's an injury and there's always an injury risk. But to me, the risk is greater than the reward. They could come back and win national title. So I don't see a situation where Cody and Caleb Martin come back and are not viewed in the same area that they're viewed right now. I don't see a situation with uh, Ivan Rabb, right? It's not like Cody and Caleb are top 15 picks. They come back. 
I mean, what's worst case scenario, man? They're, they're low first round, high second round, right? And that's a worst case. They could be lottery picks. I, I think you're correct. I don't know if their draft slot value for the NBA is going to uh, have much validity. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, uh, change from this season to next correct. season. Correct. Right. So I, I'm with you. There's a, a good corollary with uh, Ivan Rad because – he had some, you know, late lottery buzz, and that ended up going in. The, I think in the early second round because he stayed for his second year. I don't think that that's type of situation where he actually um, lost a, an opportunity on a guaranteed contract and 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 starting his earning, um, I guess, just starting his earning clock a year earlier. Uh, the one the one thing to throw into the scenario here with the Morton twins is, and we talked about this with Chris Murray when we talked to him uh, earlier. Um, earlier in the offseason is that they both are receiving their degree this spring from Nevada. And that I think that's also something to add to the equation. So they did, they are, you know, if they decide to walk away, they are walking away with the prestigious piece of paper that you hope that every college student athlete has the opportunity to garner. And that's with a, with a, a diploma. Absolutely, 100%. I, partner, let's get to it, man. Start, start yeah, rattling yeah. off the names. I, I, am I going on the couch? How are we doing this? I'm just going to react. Uh, right? Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to I have you know, I have our list of names here that we thought were important people that we uh, just need to give our two cents on. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll just kind of read down the list, and then we can talk about the impact on that particular team, and then maybe talk about the impact uh, in the conference, and then if there's you know some sort of bigger – uh, national national impact, whether it be that team's in the top 25 or you think that team could be a, a possible Final Four team or, you know, a sleeper team that you have in your mind next year. So we can, you know, we can talk off each one of these dudes. So you want to start with one of my favorite guys. Isn't it great that Carson Edwards is coming back to Purdue? Yes, it is. Yeah, 100% it is. Smart guy, great player, smart mm. player, winner, big shot maker, and he's making the right move. Again, why not come back if you're going to be projected as a second round guy? Why not? What are you going to come back and be a third round guy? No, there is no third round. Are you going to come back and have to go to the G League? Well, you're probably going to have to go to the G League anyway. Maybe you come back and be a first team All American, which, by the way, guess he probably is close to, if not a preseason first team All American. No. Oh, I think everybody's right. going to have right. the name Edwards on that list. Yeah, for sure. So, so, like, he has it and he doesn't make it. Great. Then he's probably still in the same area. Great move. Matt Painter's wiping his brow. Big one here. Uh, I agree at the fact that uh, Eastern is also coming back. Yeah, uh, that going. definitely you know ups Purdue's chances for next year, and and I think totally changes the outlook. Uh, and here's the other part too, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more as we get into some of these other players. Is if you are a like six foot ish type guard, like you have to do something like amazing. Yes. Yes. So. Does is his change of speeds that amazing thing? Yeah, maybe. Is his um, a- athleticism in that small frame his amazing NBA skill? Yeah, probably. Um, but does he do something awesome or you know really pop skill wise on the offensive end? I'm not totally sure. He is a total package, but he doesn't do that one particular thing. So if you're like one of those shorter uh, guards that doesn't have like great measurables. Why not just come back and like really refine your game? So I'm I'm with Edwards' move on that. And and um, and it's about landing spot too. I mean, he is not a superior NBA athlete. He's not a guy who's going to wow you in the metrics. Not going to jump through the gym, any of that stuff. He's a little undersized. He's a phenomenal college player, but he needs to be in the right landing spot. If he gets in the right landing spot in the NBA, he could really do some nice things. Josh Hart, that type of thing, that type of player. But he's got the winning gene, and that goes a long way. Very happy to see Carson Edwards next year. Very very happy. 
Uh, I agree. The one thing I will disagree with you, I think he would jump out of the gym. I think his vertical would be absolutely astounding. Uh, how about this? Do you want to you want to like package this next group of guys? Uh, we'll say, uh, how about what you say? We'll say Auburn on the whole. They're going to get Wiley back. They get their point guard Harper back. They get their shooter Brown back. All of those guys declared without an agent, and they're all coming back for Auburn. So, you know, hashtag War Eagle. Where, where does this put Auburn in your mind with these three guys returning? I know uh, we'll get to Heron in a second. Um, but with, with the, this core of players, I know Wiley didn't play, but it'd be nice to see him on the court next season. With this core of players for Auburn, do you feel like they might be one of the favorites in the SEC as opposed to being, you know, picked in a double-digit uh, situation like they were last preseason? Yeah, I'm worried about Auburn. I, I want to see them do well. Love Bruce mm. Pearl. SEC, I still think, is a phenomenal basketball conference, and I think they'll be better next year. Uh, Tennessee's getting a tremendous amount of buzz, right? Going to be top three, possibly. But Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, there are teams, Gus, like your Northwestern and those sort of teams where they have a great year, and then they come back and they disappoint. I'm confident Auburn. I think mm-hmm. Auburn ha- – and I think the solution to that – is to have like next level players, which I, I think they have returning, right? So right. I think their their floor is safe. I can't tell you right now that my gut, and this is based on nothing but Mike Randall watching NBA basketball college like you do. I don't know if they're like, even though these guys are coming back, if I'm saying, oh, the top five, oh, the top eight. I don't know about that. I think they could be there. I'm rooting for them to get there. I think they're fun. They're athletic. They're, Pearls did a great job. But I, I'm not so positive that they're going to come back and dominate because I, I want to see these players in action. Maybe that's what it is. You know, sort of my Michael Porter Jr. thing where I haven't seen him play. So it's hard for me to really go all in. So very happy. Floor is high. But I want to see what the ceiling is going to be. Interesting comparison to Northwestern with bringing some of the same guys back. I think bringing a big like Wiley back and incorporating him into the fold, I think that might be the difference that they were looking for from last season's performance. Not that they want to do anything different from last season. I mean, they made the tournament, so on and so on. They had an unbelievably overachieving type year. Remember the 14 and 4 t-shirt that Pearl wore wore around uh, for somebody that predicted that. That's how they would finish in conference. Um, The one other part that didn't come back, which is interesting, is a a swing, the wing, uh, Mustafa Heron. He is getting his release from Auburn, and he is on his way to visit St. John's, and he's looking for a hardship. Uh, transfer where he can play right away to be closer to home. Obviously, a couple other places that are high profile that be closer to home are, are UConn and URI, but he is taking an official visit to St. John's. So that's interesting. That influences both the SEC and the Big East. And we can kind of part, you know, pocket in uh, Shamori Ponds coming back for St. John's. So is it possible that St. John's could have one of the best backcourts in the nation with Heron and Pons if Heron actually decides to go there? I like it. Uh, you know, Pons really impressed me. That went over Villanova. I mean, he's got the big oh. shot gene. He's got the big shot. Not afraid of it. Athletic. No conscience whatsoever. Yes. I, I think, remember, St. John's was terrible. And then they got hot there for a while. St. Mm. John's is one of my teams, spoiler alert, that really could make a jump next year, Gus. I, I believe in Chris Mullen. I, I know the, the, the negatives are out there about him. But, yeah, I think Pons is the real deal. And absolutely. And Heron, are you kidding me? That, that would be pretty amazing. And if you remember our conversation with John Gassaway during uh, the season last year, I think it was a right, right before like conference tournament time, he felt like St. John's was like an under-the-radar team last he year. He did. He did, and, yes. Yeah, and he liked like a lot of their pieces, and he even liked a couple of their metrics uh, that he pays really close attention to. So I think if they bring Pons back, who I think is uh, – you could argue he could be Big East preseason player of the year, right? 
And if you bring in a, a talent like Heron, I mean, that that's that's a great background. It's a great place to start. Uh, okay, how about these next two guys we'll package together because I, I'd love to see both of them do their thing that they're both known for against one another. How about Kerwin Roche of Texas and uh, Kanate from West Virginia? Wouldn't you want to see Roche kind of dunk on Kanate and then Kanate go up with two hands and then just see what happens? Yeah, Kanate coming back, I mean, he he's just – He's a fun guy to watch, right? All those blocks, everything we saw. Doesn't have the polished skills for NBA. He really doesn't. He's almost to me like Zaire Smith, but bigger. All right. However, huh. he can develop those skills with Bob Huggins. He can come back and dominate even more. He's not an all-American level player, but he's certainly a guy who could be first team all Big Twelve. Uh, oh, so, sure. Yeah. So, so I I like it. I, I I think it's a smart move by both guys. I like them both coming back. I, I think it's very, very good. I, there's nothing wrong with coming back and trying to dominate the uh, dominate the college landscape because you know my thought. I agree with that guy. If you're not going to be a first-round pick, why not come back? I understand you can get injured. I get that. But right. I think the reward outweighs the risk. Kanate could come back and could be like a defensive Dikembe Mutombo guy. Sure, he's not as big. I understand that. But like right. he could really develop and, and find his way into a late first round next year. It's possible. I think it's I think that's a, that's a nice storyline for him. And plus – West Virginia will now have they're going to have the opportunity like his Carter was the defensive player of the year in conference and nationally. I mean, and, and I think Kanate will get some of the same buzz. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Hugs can, can continue that defensive uh, profile for his team and have like a really high profile offensive uh, name uh, take the place now that Carter's gone. And hopefully, we'll, you know, we'll get drafted somewhere in the second round and find a spot. I'm sure an NBA team will love to have him on the practice floor. Uh, how about UCLA? They got great news. Chris Wilkes. Jalen Hands, Cody Riley, all put their names in for the draft, and they all three of them decide to come back. So along with their loaded uh, class that's coming in, they bring back all of those sophomores. I know Holiday left, but the fact that those three guys are deciding to come back, I mean, with uh, Jalen Hands getting an invite to the Combine, it's interesting they use their information and then decide to come back to Pauley Pavilion. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, the the wings, right? The scoring wing player. Yeah. Make yeah. some threes, some don't go to don't go to the draft. Stay if you if you don't do anything great. Okay? And and, and Chris Wilkes is not a great all around player. He's a solid player. These guys do decent things, but stay. Stay work on your craft. Be great at something. All right. It's what we you know what we talked about, we started this whole podcast. Somebody wrote or when we were doing our research. Better to have five, 50 incredibly loyal fans than 500 sporadic fans. And like, I'm very proud that we do have people who we're loyal to and they're loyal to us. Same thing. Don't be a jack of all trades, master of none. Do something well. Like, is it going back to the Carson Edwards thing? He, he, his vertical isn't great. What, but what's great about him is he's a leader. He's a great leader. It's possible Carson Edwards can come back and average 25 points a game next year. That is well within the range of outcomes. It's Chris, not crazy. Chris Wilkes, give me something. Like what – I'm just going to be a plug-and-play wing on the bench? Okay. But if you're coming back, come back and dominate. And maybe he can, you know? Kanate, dominate defensively. They'll find – if you're great at one thing, you'll find a home. That's for sure. And I, you know what? If, if nothing else, Steve Alford has shown that he gets his guys ready for the NBA, whether it be – um, ball, whether it be this year with Holiday, um, TJ Leaf, you know, was a lottery pick. So he does get his guys ready. So there is some sort of pedigree there for the UCLA crew to follow under um, Coach Offord. Uh, speaking of dominate, I think if you're going to make your, you know, we mentioned uh, Carson Edwards as one of the guys you might put on your 
All-America team uh, for the preseason, for the upcoming season. How about Luke May? You're probably going to put him there too, right? Uh, He's going to come back. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought this one up. I was so happy about this. Yeah. Luke May. Another thing, not a great athlete. Not a like Shaquille O'Neal, big man, okay, drop step dunk. But he's the Euro big, okay? He rebounds. He mixes it up a little bit. He can shoot the lights out, which is what your fours need. Draymond Green's dribbling the ball up the court for the Warriors, okay? So obviously things have changed, which by the way also could be Amari Spellman, but we'll get to him a little bit later, right? I see a lot of right, similarities. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, Luke May, come back and kick Fanny. You had a, you had a solid year, but when you make the shot you made against Kentucky, people were maybe unfairly Gus thinking first team All-American-ish, second team All-American type of guy. He didn't have that. He can. He can come back and dominate. North Carolina is going to be better. I was very happy about this one. Very, very happy. Yeah, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be definitely the central piece of that offensive, uh, hyper offensive team that Coach Williams always puts out. So I don't think there's any choice but for May to just put out, you know, gaudy numbers next year. And and why not? Just come back and dominate the college game and be one of those like personalities that everybody can latch on to. And that's the great thing about our game, too, is sometimes you just get those guys. And I feel like Luke May could be one of those student athletes next year. Um, what do you think of Nick Ward coming back from Michigan State? Uh, Jackson's gone. Bridges yes. gone. What do you think of Nick Ward? Uh, my wife is happy because she hates Nick Ward. Okay, so she said <laughs> when, it, when she heard him, she, he's not getting drafted. Every time, again, she watches Nick Ward, he's terrible. I don't know what the issue is. She'll leave the room. He'll have two dunks. She comes back and he dribbles off his foot. Happened every game. Very funny. She still hasn't gotten over that bet that we lost to Ohio State. And now gambling's okay. legal, Gus. We can talk about this. But you know, this, we went up to her, the in-laws house. Like She pulled in. And like her parents, like she never liked basketball for her. Go, why are you so into Michigan State? Well, we got a $50 bet on it. And I went down the drain. So she hasn't forgiven Nick Ward for that. Yes, he should come back. He's raw. He's a raw guy. He's as G League as G League could be. Come back. Michigan State, poor year this year. Didn't meet expectations. Recover. Like it. Yes. Uh, okay, let's package the next two guys together. I think they're both pretty interesting. How about John Elmore from Marshall and Chris Clemens from Campbell? Uh, you remember uh, Elmore on that Marshall team that upset Wichita State. Elmore put up some crazy numbers this past year where he, uh, you know, he averaged uh, over 20 and then uh, like over five assists and almost four boards. Like he put up a cr- crazy stat line with unbelievable shooting percentages. And you know Chris Clemens from Campbell is one of the leading scorers in the nation. Uh, he led the nation in scoring a couple of years ago. Uh, he's a little diminutive, a little bit undersized, but having both of those high scoring guards back in the game is nothing but good for the college game. And it'll be fun to follow both of them and to see if one of them or maybe both of them get an opportunity to make the tournament in March and have in a moment like Elmore and Marshall did last year against a high profile team like uh, Wichita State. Yeah, uh, Clemens, big time score, come back, score some more, make yourself into, you know, get get to that next level by becoming an incredible, incredible player. Who's the guy who was on Montana years ago that I liked? What's his the name? The guy at Montana? Yeah. Oh, man, I can't recall this one. This uh, is tough. Uh, come on, there's a guy, the guy who came back, we wanted him to make the tournament, he didn't. Big time score. Uh, I'm blanking on this yeah, guy. Sure I'm sorry. Guy. All right. Well, I'll find it. But and the and the other one, uh, Clemens with Marshall Conference USA could be the change at the top right now, guys. Tennessee State. We've always liked them. Kermit to Mississippi now. Marshall knocked them right. off. Beat them what twice, three times last year. Forget what it was. They made some noise in the tournament. Had the big upset. So yeah, I like this a lot. Marshall. This is a, this is a great up and coming team right now that maybe nationally people don't know enough about. And don't forget. You know that Elmore is going to put up numbers because Coach D'Antoni is going to let him do his thing. 
and runs a similar offense to his brother does for the Rockets, and he embraces shooting the three and uh, shooting layups. So he he will definitely have opportunity to get put up bigger numbers. His brother, um, his brother how, should have put him on loan for that game seven, but go ahead. <laughs> maybe something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, he could they could have used him since they were playing seven man yeah, rotation. That's it. Yep. Like that. Um, how about uh, how about these two guys for uh, the Big Twelve? How about uh, Jared Culver from uh, Texas Tech and uh, Wingington? from Iowa State, both like athletic, uh, uber athletic um, uh, student athletes, Culver more of a wing, Wington more of a guard, a little bit of a combo guard. Uh, so the Big 12 has a ton of dudes that are coming back that are going to be impactful in conference. Um, thoughts that uh, thoughts on Culver? Do you think he keeps Texas Tech relevant? And do you think uh, Wington returning can bring Iowa State back from the basement and back up to relevancy? Culver, very underrated, didn't get the pub that he should have got because he was overshadowed. Love Wingington, very impressed at that game against uh, uh, West Virginia. In West Virginia, may have lost that bet too there, Gus. Uh, so ever since I saw Wingington do that against uh, West Virginia on the road, I've been very impressed with them. Glad to see him come back and do some good things. Definitely. How about this guy coming back? And we can file um, him under uh, maybe – we could arguably talk about him as like SEC preseason player of the year. How about Tremont Waters from LSU? Oh, Isn't it fun that he's going to come back? Big, Mr. Big Shot, Mr. Big Shot is down there with Coach Wade. He's got a, a great thing going. He's already making a huge difference going to LSU there. Like Tremont Waters a lot. Yes, absolutely. Love that he's going to come back. I love that he's he's going to be not maybe not on the level that Luke May is, but he's going to be one of those names that you remember and and you know at least fans in the SEC are going to latch on to. Uh, okay, I got a couple more for you here. How about uh, uh, how about this? How about Jawan Morgan from Indiana? And putting him um, with Langford, does that kind of make sense? Does that give like Indiana some definite positive buzz now that they're going to have Morgan do some damage on the wing and down low, and then have Langford do his thing out on the wing? Yeah, and he's going to be the type of leader that Langford could really have. And mm-hmm. Archie Miller can coach his fanny off, and he basically battled through his first year this year, up and down, doing his whole thing. He got Langford; that was a huge get. Morgan can help. There's excitement back in Bloomington. That's a big signing because that's a changing of the guard there. And in, in that, and in what you're talking about, because Purdue loses a lot, you know, you know, my Michigan Wolverines will be in the mix. Okay, they uh, sure will. Uh, Michigan Charles State's Matthew a, is back. Yeah, Charles Matthews, who you know, I listen. You know, the podcast said they could be first team All American. I don't know what that means, but yes, I think it's a big one. I think Indiana's moving into the upper echelon of the Big Ten again. Yeah, I think they're heading to the right. I don't know if you're talking to talk about tiers. I think they're heading to the positive tier. The heading right to the tier positive tier. Yes, yes, that's yeah, what we're without question. Yeah. How about this? We didn't talk a lot of Big East, but maybe uh, you have any thought on Max Struss coming back from DePaul for DePaul? Does that does that even matter? Is DePaul just going to stink again, or his coming him coming back? Does that does that change the DePaul? Finishing over under in the Big East at like eight and a half. Like Bro, when you're over. when you're DePaul and you need everybody you can have back at any time. Right. DePaul hangs around. I mean, they do battle. They do a good job. They're in a tough spot. I know they're going to break through at some point, but yeah, they need all their guys back. So does it, it, it? I don't want to see DePaul be horrific. So yes, I think it helps, and you never know. Yes. Okay, so I have a couple of more guys, but I think it's good a good point now to talk about Reed Travis. Reed Travis uh, graduated from Stanford and had and declared himself for the NBA draft, did not sign with an agent. So he is not entering the NBA draft, but he is putting himself like kind of out on the market as a grad transfer. And the buzz is right now that Kentucky could be one of the landing spots 
for Reed Travis. Reed Travis was a all Pac-12 ish type player last year. Uh, put up uh, about 18 points, about nine boards. Uh, was arguably one of the biggest dudes that you're going to see uh, in the Pac-12 or anywhere in college basketball. Um, I read somewhere where uh, he, you know, he was one of the strongest guys that Aiton had to wrestle with in, in the Pac-12 last year. So how about Reed Travis coming back, but not only not coming back to Stanford, but maybe coming back to Kentucky, Mike? What about that? Yeah, I don't think you should go to Kentucky. I, I think if you're Reed Travis, you are a big fish in a small pond in Stanford. All right. You go to, to Kentucky, you're small fish, small pond or small fish, big pond, right? Small fish, however you want to look at it. Reed Travis was the man at Stanford. I don't believe, Gus, getting in the mindset of the college athlete that you go somewhere where you really aren't the man. You're just one of many. It's not like he – I mean, listen, he he could still start. He probably would. I'm just saying he's not dropping 23 and 12. That's not what Kentucky does. They didn't do it with Carl Anthony Towns. They're not doing it with Reed Travis. I don't care how old he is. So I think he could go there. If he's smart, where would he go? Villanova. Ooh. That's where he'd go. That's interesting. That's where he'd go because now they don't have a big man. Villanova it has the pedigree. Villanova needs a big man. He would be the man there. They pack the gym. He'd be on the East Coast. He'd get mass, max exposure. That's where he should go. It's my opinion. Wow. That's very interesting. That's not what I was thinking. Um, wow. Great call. Okay, wow. That You took the podcast there for a little trip. Wow. Yeah, this, Villanova this, fans this came, are now salivating. Well, here's the thing. It, this came from a huge argument that I will recap on my, Patre- uh, my Patreon-only pod. Uh, folks, again, go to patreon.com. Screen the screen of College Basketball Podcast. You can support us. $1, $3, $6. If you do the $6 option, we give you an extra pod every single week. That is 52 extra pods this year for what would amount to be $72. It's a little bit more than a dollar a pod. So I did one. Gus did a fantastic fantastic one last week patron only pod you get a t-shirt you get access to us conversations the whole bit we're sending out private nba draft previews from our our youtube channel i'm recapping this argument which lasted all day with this villanova fan today and this is what i suggested that came out of this so i'm recapping that on up pod, which will drop on saturday but that, full disclosure, great listen. Oh, yeah that's where i came from i'm gonna recap and i think that. i know the villanova fan you're arguing with so no, sorry, I, I, I think that i think the the argument is va- it would be valid and, and somewhat heated. Well, here's the thing. Well worth a dollar. Okay, that's all I'm going to tell you. This, this one. This <laughs> one like, well worth a dollar this pod. We, I, I, we almost came to blows, but go ahead. Oh, and uh, just a couple of more, uh, you know, informational things there. Like, if you like what you're listening to here, please, you know, give the podcast a follow at SDS Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Martin Brothers, announce! Will you announce? I'm hitting refresh. I'm sorry, Gus. Go ahead. <laughs> that's kind of why we're doing this, to make sure to see, if they're, see what they're telling us. Uh, you know, and of course, give Mike a follow on Twitter. Uh, at Randall Rant, he is insightful, entertaining, and, and definitely educational. Uh, if you really like what you listen to, you know, hit up uh, Apple iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or whatever um, uh, whatever vehicle that you decide to consume the podcast on, and uh, we'd love to hear a cool review from you guys. Uh, that would be awesome, especially during the off season. Uh, so you know, if you're so inclined, please do. We'd, we'd love to hear some positive vibes come our way uh, via your kind thoughts. And uh, you want to get in touch with the podcast? Uh, hit us up on Gmail. SDS podcast at gmail.com uh, and uh, we'd love to interact with you that way if that's uh, your mode of uh, um, interaction. So that, that, that those are the ways to you know get in touch with us and, and, and let us know what we should be doing. And a listener said, hey, Gus, Mike, do you think that you guys could go over the transfers and talk about the impact of some of the transfers? And guess what? 
We're going to work on that for either next week's podcast or the a podcast following. Uh, we'll try, try to get that one done before the NBA draft. So, yeah, that one's in the works. But we thought with the deadline coming up, we had to talk about um, some of the student athletes that we followed so closely this entire uh, past season. We had to update you on our quick thoughts, who's in, who's out, uh, so on and so on. So, uh, Mike, back to the list. Do you believe that Jonte Porter decided to come back with all the positive buzz he had going into prior to the uh, NBA combine? He's just going to come back to Missouri. Uh, what's your thoughts for the, uh, you know, the Missouri Tigers and the SEC overall with uh, Jonte coming back but Michael Porter leaving? Yeah, this was the right move. Jonte Porter had about the worst possible combine he could, he could fathom. His vertical leap, Gus, you want to take a guess? Uh, vertical inch, or vertical jump. I mean, Jonte yeah. Porter, center, power forward, big guy, yeah, long. He's got to be like what, 35, 36. Yeah, exactly. 25 inches. 25.5 inches. Did not have a good his – me, his measurables were That's not there. That's a couple of phone books, man. Yeah, well <laughs> – that's the thing. So here's the, you know, he may be one of these guys partner. I mean, Devin Hall didn't have a, a, a good, you know, combine either. That's not Devin Hall's thing. Though. That's my point. That's not his thing. Like, but this is what John T. Porter's thing has to be. So I like him coming back. I think it's the right move. He gets to establish his own identity. His brother won't be there anymore. Quanzo Martin's done a nice job. Yes, I like him coming back. I think he'll have the opportunity to put up some different numbers, not necessarily bigger numbers, but maybe some different numbers. And I also like uh, that he's going to have a chance to battle uh, Daniel Gafford from uh, Arkansas. So both of those big men come back and try to like hone their game a little bit, maybe expand their range, show that they're a little bit more versatile than they were uh, their initial freshman year in the SEC. So SEC packed with big men, and you throw Wiley uh, into that mix from Auburn, that that, that – those bigs def- definitely get interesting. Gus, can, um, we, can we play a game here real quick? I'm sorry. I'm, we're yeah. going off script. So Bruno Fernando, right? He's gone. Sure. Right. He, okay. okay. He's gone. Okay. All I remember seeing, partner, is Bruno Fernando dunking on everybody from Maryland. Like those were the highlights. Bruno Fernando dunking. His vertical's only 29 inches. Do you know that Bruno Fernando has the same vertical as Jalen Brunson? Like we didn't see Jalen Brunson. Did he even dunk once? Maybe once. But like, so there is such a thing as game athleticism and overall athleticism. If you can translate it, you're Dante DiVincenzo. But there is such a thing. So we know that I know that Bruno Fernando can dunk on everybody. I know that. But the numbers don't show that. And that's the thing. Like, Jonte Porter may just be one of these guys that has game athleticism, not overall athleticism. Right? Yeah. If you can activate your athleticism uh, accordingly and intelligently, like on the court, that's a skill. Like that, that's a legit skill. Like I, again, I, I'm going to go super personal here, but just watching, um, my daughter is a baller and is playing a great level breaks, up against all breaks ankles on all, a daily all, basis, like, <laughs> playing up against all boys and is like, she's obviously not as tall as the third and fourth grade boys, but her, her athleticism, she's able to get bored. She's able to, uh, you know, her passing lanes are extended cause she steps through. Like she uses all of her athletic gifts like in that scenario. And yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. Like that's like, that's a skill. I don't know if that's like a learned skill, uh, but that's definitely an athletic IQ thing. So I agree that some of these guys do have high athletic IQs and some of them just don't. And that, and that, and I don't know if that's going to change as a 20 year old. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. The Martin brothers are returning to Nevada. Woo! <laughs> are you serious? 
Chris Murray just confirmed the John Rothstein report that the Martin Twins are in fact returning to Nevada for their senior season. Rest easy tonight, Wolfpack fans. I'm having a beverage when this pod's over. Top three. Wow. No look, doubt. If, look, if Chris Murray is saying it, it's true. That's it. Oh, no doubt. baby. Oh, baby. That is absolutely <laughs> outstanding. Congratulations, Nevada fans. That is the best news that you can hear. I mean, combine that with the Jordan Browners. What in the – I mean, are you kidding me? Wow. Hashtag Battleborn. Oh, baby. Hey. Um, all right, so we'll continue down our list. We can <laughs> add the uh, – you know, uh, the Martin Twins coming back. Uh, Mike, thoughts on that? I may put him number one. <laughs> it's not crazy. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great for the game. Give me Kentucky and Nevada. Oh, baby. So, we you know, we were talking about like uh, – we were talking about – uh, Luke May coming back and you can you can't talk right now. You're so excited. I know. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> for real, this is like big time. This is huge. We're like potting in the moment. This is great. Um, I think the Martin Twins could be that type of. I, I think with Jordan Caroline returning too, like that that team is going to be that type of team. But th- those guys are, and 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 they're going to s- totally sacrifice their numbers because they do have a like their depth is through the roof this year. We talked about the depth with Chris Murray when we, you know, we talked to, we, we have to repost that podcast. That podcast was awesome. Now that they're back, we'll definitely do that later on this week for you guys. Uh, so just, you know, follow us on Twitter. We'll put it right at the top of our Twitter page so we can go back and listen to that conversation with Chris uh, about the possibility of returning. And it's funny that you say this news now. The last thing that Chris and I talked about on that podcast was the possibility of those guys coming back. And we talked about the reasons why they might. We don't, you know, we won't give everything away for those or rehash everything uh, if you've already listened to it. But it's de- it'll be definitely worth the, the re-listen later. So th- the fact that they're going to have the possibly the most stacked starting lineup in the nation last year, uh, next year, it's going to be ridiculous. Holy cow! Oh man, I'm so excited. It's a great <laughs> move. They weren't going in the first round, praying maybe Caleb in a long shot. It's the right move. It's great for college basketball. It's David Goliath. Let's go. Give me them against Duke with those top three recruits. Bring it. Bring it, Battleborn. Man, it, uh, that, dang, that's fantastic. All right, let's see if we can get down the rest of our list. That is, I mean, that's the highlight of this podcast for sure. Uh, okay, I'll run down a couple of other, uh, couple of other guys. You want to talk a little bit about Charles Matthew? Charles Matthews deciding to come back from Michigan? Yeah, I, I like Charles Matthews. I liked him last year. He, you know, was, he, he flaked out a little bit, you know, up and down at times, but usually showed up in big games. Really good athlete. Rebounds. I thought he had a very good uh, championship game. Really battled. Kept him in it. But I think he should come back because I think he can take the next step and, and be dominant. Came from Kentucky. Transferred. Had a real nice season. So very happy. Good, good player back. That makes Michigan uh, an issue. They lost Wagner, but Matthews' comeback is big. Oh, I think so. And I think if you throw him uh... – with the point guard they have coming back that played really well. Uh, I think that, that speaks perfectly. And then they have, uh, uh, and you know, beeline is going to put him in like successful offensive situations. And the fact that, you know, we, we talked about last year, how they have the assistant coach taking care of the defense. Like I think Michigan might just be at that next level as a program on the whole. And if they can have Matthews being that impact player to lead them there, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, okay, how about uh, Noah Washington? Uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, Noah Dickinson from Washington. He's a six-eight swing guy, a great defensive player, uh, 15 points a game, about eight boards a game in the Pac-12. Um, do you think that him coming back and playing in that zone scheme 
and maybe put a chance to put up some bigger numbers and, and a little bit of a down Pac-12. Do you think that's a good move for uh, for Dickinson? Yes, and we see the zone is an issue. With all the changes that are going on, Gus, with the game, I think it's harder to prepare for the zone and, the, and Bayheim. Bayheim had some struggles there for a while. I think a lot of more people were playing zone. You saw that run. He put him on. It's a team by, if you look at the numbers, probably should not have been in the tournament. And Mike Hopkins is a disciple. Oftentimes the disciple does a Daniel LaRusso, Mr. Miyagi situation, becomes just as good. I like Hopkins. He's got a good thing going out there and needs athletes to come back. Like this move a lot. Definitely like that move too. I think he's, I think he's a, he's probably a first team all pack 12 guy next year. Uh, how about uh, any thoughts on Justin James from Wyoming returning uh, for the Mountain West? So the Mountain West has like a bunch of cool guys coming back. We talked about the Mark Twins. Uh, uh, Caroline's coming back. Uh, James averaged about 19 points last year for Wyoming. Tested the waters, decided to come back. So Mountain West actually has some has some like high-impact players that are returning in conference. Uh, any thoughts on James, or do you think he's just like another one, another good player that's going to be added to the, the Mountain West roster? I think a good player on a team that doesn't have that upper echelon success in their conference is always a big deal because that good player can come back. He comes back with a chip on his shoulder. He comes back having tested the waters and thought about it, and he's really ready to step into a leadership role. So, yeah, anytime you have a big player coming back to a smaller profile school, I think good. he can really make a big leap yeah i I think this is a big deal and wyoming's a tough place to play total tough place to play great great point totally underrated uh okay let's package the next two guys together and we'll talk a little acc how about sheldon mitchell and marquise reed coming back for clemson that gives clemson four of their five starters back from a a tournament team uh that won a game last year uh how do you feel about uh mitchell and reed coming back and then you know we caught we were kind of not not mocking but we were kind of calling for Brownwell's job, and now it seems like with these guys coming back and him getting an NCAA win last season, Clemson might be in good shape. Yeah, Clemson is in good shape. Marquise Reed really impressed me. I like both guys coming back. Happy for Bromel. I root for the coaches. I thought he was gone. Absolutely didn't have what he had one tournament in six years, whatever the heck it was. Right. But he had a very right. good season this year. Did it with smoke and mirrors. Lost the big man in the middle of the season. Didn't miss a beat. Yes, I'm happy for this. I'm happy for Clemson. Clemson being good is good for the ACC. I agree. That's a great point. And I really like Reed, too. I thought he was a little bit of a bulldog. I liked him on both sides of the ball last year. Glad he's going to come back and do his thing in the ACC. Uh, How about Azubuke? How about Yudoka Azubuke for Kansas? He's decided to come back. Interesting that, like, the the dinosaur big man couldn't find, you know, NBA scout eyes that really adored what he does. But on the college game, he was unbelievably effective. He shot, like, over 70% from the field. What's your thoughts on Azubuki coming back and maybe how that affects Kansas overall and maybe how that uh, affects the Big 12 championship picture? Yeah, again, not a total all-around athlete. I think Azubuki was smart here. He's a big man, right, Gus? But he's not a bi- he's a big man who's not super all-around athletic in, no. a, in a draft that has all-around athletic bigs, right? Looking at oh. him here, his lane agility time at the Combine – he was 12.97, one of the worst times. He's not a quick back-and-forth guy. His shuttle run, 3.65, also slow. Three-quarter sprint, not fast, 3.12. That You're going to sit there and say, well, it doesn't matter, right? He's a big, right? But there's other bigs in the draft that can do these things. That's the problem. Correct. Vertical leap, 31 inches, solid. Same as Kevin Herter, by the way. Uh, max vertical leap, only 31. So the running start doesn't really – I think he's a two-foot jumper. He's not really a one. Oh, definitely, yeah. So this is a guy who doesn't, and you do it when we do those previews on the YouTube. You do such a great job with those. The second jump, you know, the second hop you talk oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have that. So no. I think he's got to go back and become the bull in the china shop. And I don't think he showed enough of that to translate. So surprising, but I like it. 
I like it too, and I think he'll partner well with the uh, the freshman that they have coming to run the backcourt, Dotson. And I also think he'll he'll go in well with the Memphis transfers that they have coming back as well. Uh, how about this one? This one's interesting. I'm gonna, I mean, Tyler Hall from Montana State, the mid-major guy. So two years ago, not last year, two years ago, Hall had some major buzz because in the 2016-2017 season, he averaged 24 points per game. He shot 42% from three, and he shot like, I don't know, like almost 55% from the field. So he put up like this insanely uh, effective uh, scoring year. And this past year, he had a little bit of a down year, uh, scoring-wise, uh, percentage-wise, and shooting-wise. Had a little bit of an injury uh, earlier on in the season, which hampered him. But Hall put his name and decides to come back uh, to Montana State to get it right. I kind of liken this to, you remember when Giddy Potts had that year where he shot like 50% from three? And then the next year he came back and shot like 39. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everybody was like, oh, what's wrong with Giddy Potts? I think yeah. it's just like a, you know, a, a, a market correction there. So maybe last year was a market correction. And maybe like the real Tyler Hall is somewhere that averages like 20 points on 40% shooting from three. But I think the the senior year for, for Hall at Montana State is going to be telling. And he'll be an interesting mid-major guy to follow. I think uh, you know people up in Bozeman are excited that he's going to come back and give it one more run. Same thing I said before. Agree. Coming back, lower profile school, school can come back with confidence and lead a team. Absolutely. Uh, so we said Ty's battle from uh, Syracuse is definitely coming back. As far as we know, at last check on the po- uh, on Twitter and on the podcast, right? Yes, he is coming back. And little stat, uh, I'll credit Norlander and Parrish. I heard this one. Tyus Battle played the most minutes of any Division One college basketball player last year. Okay, so the most. The I, most I was saying. Most, I was yes. saying one of the most. The most. The yep. Most. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, so Syracuse, guess what? You got your anchor back. And if they got their anchor back, that means they're probably going to be pretty good with their zone defense mechanics. Uh, I got a couple more for you here. We'll finish up with um, we'll finish up with Robert Franks from Washington State. I feel like he's in the same book uh, yes. or same ballpark as like Noah Dickerson from Washington. You know, six seven can do a little bit of everything. Shot at forty percent from three, about seventeen points per game. Put his name in, and I think initially was thinking of signing with yeah, an agent. Yeah. Get invited to the to the combine. And so it's decided to give it, come back and give it one more run uh, in the Pac-12. I think he might be one of those sneaky, impactful players in the Pac-12. Yeah, this was fooled Rothstein. Rothstein said he was gone. He's actually coming back. Like it too. Washington State, same thing. This was when he got wrong. Very happy about that. By the way, Gus, that player I was talking about from Montana earlier wasn't yeah. Montana. It was Oakland. I apologize. Kay Felder. Oh, Kay Felder. That, that's yeah. a okay. high-scoring guy from a small conference. I love those guys. We love. We're champion of the little guy here at Screen the Screeners. So those are the type of guys we love. When you have a guy who can who could fill it up like that, want to see him come back. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh no, no problem. I was trying to find. Yeah, it's not my time. Oakland. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, Oakland. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, no, I love love Kate Felder. He was he was massive. And then we'll end with a, a familiar guy. A guy that could be in your ballpark. How about Kai Bowman from BC coming back? Yeah. Are, that, we, are we happy that BC is going to have? I mean, they lose Robinson. He'll probably be in the late first round. Uh, as far as where like I'm looking at him going, but they bring Bowman back. So how does that affect BC, and does that kind of keep them relevant in the ACC? Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, I went to Boston College, folks. I talked about this on the Patreon site. Listen, BC is a great town. It's not a great college sports area. I can say that as the former track captain for three years, okay? But it is when you get good, it gets rocking. 
So they were good last year. They beat Duke at home last year. And sure, I was there in college, and I'll tell the story, you know, maybe one of the private pods, how I got uh, written up in the paper for yelling too much. It used to be that all the older fans, all the people with the money used to sit on the court, and they used to call it Conti Morg instead of Conti Forum, okay, because it was so quiet. They've changed it now. So when, when, the, when you get going, man, the juice is good there. And Bowman brought some juice, and they had some big wins. Jim Christen doing a great job. Very happy to see him back, of course, 100%. Uh, excellent. I'm glad he's going to cut. He, I think he's a, he could be on your first team all ACC preseason. I think that would make sense uh, along with Luke May. I think that makes perfect sense. And maybe one, uh, maybe Reed from Clemson. So a couple, again, a couple of the guys love that we mentioned on this love podcast it. No are Duke, guys no that Dukies, are come Love out. it. No Dukies on that. Oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's going to put some of those freshmen in there. Like, you know, Zion. Zion, incredible. protect your neck, Williamson, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then what we'll do is we'll end up with a couple of uh, quickies here. Um, Mike, did you have uh, you okay with Kevin Herter leaving for Maryland? Yeah, I like Herter. He's like my poor man's Dante DiVincenzo. You know that we haven't talked about it in the pod because they really weren't in the, in the tournament. But right, you, you know, I, I like Herter. I'm always impressed with Herter. He can shoot the three, he can stick it. Listen again, it's the JJ Redick corollary. If you have a skill, then you can be, and a Herter can do it. He's also a big guy, and evidently he's very athletic. So yeah, I'm fine. Okay, and then how about uh, the Kentucky conglomerate? So PJ Washington stays. But uh, Gabriel and Vanderbilt are leaving. Uh, what's your take on Washington staying, but then um, when Gabriel and Vanderbilt uh, keeping their names in the NBA draft? Let's go one by one. Can you say their name again slowly, and I'll give oh, you yeah, a yeah, one-word sure. so reaction. P P uh, uh, P J Washington, Kentucky is staying. Okay, doesn't do anything well. I'm glad he stays. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gabriel from Kentucky is leaving, keeping his name in. Will be fair on this one. He has a difficult family situation, needs the money. I think if he comes back, he's going to be passed by the freshman anyway. I have no problem with it. He's not going to get drafted. He's going to go to the G League. He's going to work his way up. I'm fine with it. I I agree with you. I think he's one of those guys that's going to find his way on an NBA roster. Seven threes, Gus, in that one game, remember. Yep. In a year or two, if not yep. sooner. Yep. Uh, and then how about Vanderbilt? I just don't get it. I mean, this his best skill. How tall is he? What was he? Six. I think he's six nine. Well, six, he's eight. listed at six. Is he really though? I mean, this is going to be a Zaire Smith situation. Mm, this is what I'll say. He's a six nine. I'm going to say six seven. Okay, but let's say he's around there. Doesn't shoot great. Can't really dribble. His best stat, as I railed in everybody's head this year, was rebounds per minute. Oh, yeah. He was a monster. All right. Well, that's great. Manute Bowl can make a lot of threes, too. It's just not the stat that matches up with the size, right? So a high motor guy. I mean, I think his his, his high floor, I'll do a, a Gus here, his, on, the, on the high end, a comparable, Marcus Smart. Okay. Like that. And Marcus Smart's a much better offensive player than Jared Vanderbilt is. So, right. listen, I, I don't like it. But here's the problem. You go to Kentucky as a five-star recruit. You better make an impact right away because you got a truckload of five-star recruits coming behind you. So I think Vanderbilt should stay. But if he doesn't think he's going to play, G League away. Good point. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Like Kentucky has this odd self-created dilemma where their improvement curve has to hit a certain, you know, a certain angle. Otherwise, they're in that dilemma that you just exclaimed, uh, just explained. It's crazy. And Calipari, listen, does a fantastic job, Gus. Obviously, he gets these guys in, but he gets 20 to 25 point per game high school players to come there and average eight points a game and be the next Devin Booker. Okay. Yeah. Here's the problem. Reed Travis, don't go there. 
Don't go there. You're, you're, you're not like that. The system doesn't allow you. Go to Villanova. Go with Jay Wright. He's a handsome man and dominate. I think that's the right move. I read. I think you're really good and you're probably better than all the guys they're going to have there. But I don't know if you're going to be playing 35 minutes. And so I don't, I don't know if I'm Reed Travis and I come from Stanford where I'm the dominant guy, Gus. Am I buying in to Cal? I'm not an 18 year old kid in the high school gym where he comes in on the private jet, right? How about know. how about this? I'll play. Uh, look, uh, I'm kind of with you on this. I don't I'm gonna know play, how I feel I'm gonna about play this. devil's advocate. How about this? Uh, so let's say I'll take the other argument with Reed Travis going to Kentucky, and I didn't know we were gonna get into this conversation. But how about this? How about you're thinking of it and you're viewing it as an intelligent individual and saying, "I have one year of eligibility left. Where can I go for one year that's gonna improve my stock the most okay. as a player?" Okay. All right. Who does the most in that one-year period with his players getting them ready for uh, the NBA? The the list is pretty short, and Kentucky's on that list. I guess you don't want to go to Nevada? <laughs> See, that's how I think. But again, I'm right. old, so Gus, when we're in college, maybe we're not thinking this way. But – and again, I my argument is I'm coming back to make myself an NBA player and win. Of course you want to win. I, I get that. And, may, and maybe he values winning too and maybe he sees him going there as one of the missing pieces. And one of their missing pieces is always what? Experience. You're what right. That's a fair point. Folks, contact us, on, contact us on Twitter at SDS Podcast. Let us know what you think about this one. I agree, Gus. And you know what? If he's good oh. there, he's a top three pick. So I get it. I, I, I think it's a very fair argument. Yeah, and I, I think he had, he's he's going to be one of the he's, – he's put up numbers. He's proved that he can do that. Maybe he wants to showcase his skill set a little bit, improve on his shooting range out to the three-point line, and maybe show that he can play defense at multiple positions and stats be screwed. He doesn't care, and maybe they get to a Final Four. 18, maybe that's his thing. 18 and 10 at Kentucky is a top five pick. You're 18, right. I get it. Right, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't know if he's a top five pick, but I think he goes from being uh, somebody that could go undrafted in this past draft to somebody that everybody's going to have in for a workout and everybody's going to pay attention to. How about this? They make the final four, and he's a leading scorer and rebounder. Oh, people are top ten. What's the fourth? I mean, he's, he's going to you know like how many times is the top guy in Kentucky if they're successful knock on in the top ten? I mean, so I, I think maybe I just rooted for Villanova. How about this? What, what what if that thing happens? Like what happened to Dante DiVincenzo and Amari Spellman? Yes, that's true. Okay, so what happened? That's there? true. Spellman, yeah, like, and, and both of, both of those guys are are in the draft now, and it makes sense. I have a lot. So of- I think that that storyline that storyline definitely plays into yeah. the traps positive. Yeah. I got a lot of thoughts on Spellman. I'll save. For- uh, yeah, you want to finish up with Spellman? I saved no, him for. for I'm last. saving it. I'm saving it. I. Okay. What I'll say is this: I get it. I have a lot more thoughts on this, but I'll summarize. I get it. I think he's going to be a very successful NBA player. I do. I just think it's going to take a while because I just don't think he's quite there yet. He's going to have to sit for a while and, and develop. But you know what? The, the, the kid's going to be in the league in five years, that's for sure. After, oh. after Five years from now, he will still be in the league is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he's going anywhere fast. And just want to end with one last thing, and I think we can bang on this for like two seconds and move on and then close up shop. But – how about the position that the NCAA put Brian Bowen in? And, and you know, we, Brian Bowen was kind of like one of the quasi-villains uh, unfairly this past season because he was caught up in the in the Louisville scandal and then he transferred to South Carolina uh, for taking a payment and he was part of the FBI investigation. Uh, so he puts his name in for the NBA uh, draft, but then the NCAA doesn't get back to him before this deadline on a hard 
number of games that he would have to sit out as some sort of punishment. So he just decides to keep his name in and, you know, drafted or not drafted, be damned. He'll G League it or overseas it or whatnot. But I think the biggest thing from this situation is, isn't it just, just like a bad job out of the NCA again? Like, not only did they, like, you know, screw all their rules up, and, and, and this is like a total disaster, but now they're kind of screwing over this kid. Like, they're not providing him an opportunity, or at least they're not providing him, like, a pathway to say, like, nope, you can't take this path anymore because you messed up. Um, do you feel like they did a bad job of, like, letting him know, or are you just like, Brian Bowman made a bad decision, so screw it, it's not a big deal? No, I don't like this one. I, I think Brian Bowman, Bowen is a victim here. I, I don't think that he's – I don't know. I mean, is he out there running a whole scheme with his with his dad or whatever? I, I don't know, but it just doesn't sit well in my gut to me. Gus, he did transfer. He wanted to go to South Carolina. You know I love Frank Martin. Okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure Frank Martin like did everything he could to get him eligible too. My wife wanted him there with Silva. Okay. But, you know, I like – Yeah, and Silva uh, and uh, Manaya too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She hates Silva. She has a love, love-hate relationship with Silva. But, <laughs> uh, but I – it just doesn't sit well with me. I agree with you. Something about it doesn't sit well, and I, I just, my gut is telling me this kid's getting overpenalized. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and then, well, you know, I think it's the perfect closure here. He's somehow changed from one of, like, the quote-unquote uh, villains or bad guys to somebody now you have, like, empathy for and feel sorry for uh, because of the way that the NCAA handled this. So it's interesting how his perception, his public perception has done a complete 180 in, you know, basically a season where he did not see a minute of floor time Excellent point. Uh, in the sport that we follow. Superior so it's interesting point. that NCA was responsible for that. Well done, partner. Excellent job. Yeah. Uh, so listeners, thank you so much. I, we hope you enjoy the podcast. We hope that we got you up to date on everybody and where they're going and, and, and ha- you know, our reactions uh, in conference, what that means for the team, what that means for the conference. So hopefully we got you up to date and you appreciate uh, the uh, off season uh, NBA Draft Deadline Podcast. Got some great stuff coming up for you folks. So let us know. Let us know. Give us a five-star review. We love it on iTunes. And give us some suggestions. What do you want to see in the upcoming season? Because we got some stuff in store for you. Screen the screener, folks. Growing every single day. Martin Brothers are back. Oh, <laughs> oh that's great news. Cheers. Salatia. Grazie. Salatia. Arigato. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.